0: on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you, and it is Monday, the 28th of September, and uh, not a very happy Monday, folks. Giants... Um, Week three, I I just don't know, guys. I, I really don't. Um, Giants were destroyed by the 49ers 36-9. Now, you would expect that maybe the 49ers were at full strength. They were not at full strength and the Giants were just absolutely destroyed by the 49ers JV team, just up and down. We're going to talk about it today on the show. We're going to talk about a few other things, but first. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team supporting your local community and you. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support, so let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where you shop and how you shop matters. Visa, it's everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. All right, folks, getting back to the Giants. And uh, I think, you know, one of the biggest things, the one of the biggest disappointments before we, we even get into the numbers and what unfolded here is that we saw progress from the Giants over the first two weeks. Even though they were both lo- losing efforts, we saw progress especially in the second half of last week's game against the Bears when the offense went on a 17-point run and the uh, the defense shut out the Bears. I really thought that, you know, that was something to build on, that, that they would take that momentum, carry it over into this week's game. And, you know, when word came down that the 49ers were banged up, okay, maybe you got a little excited there. But in all honesty— to to have slept on the 49ers and, and looked at this as a trap game um, wasn't really smart, if that's indeed what they did. And I'm not saying that's what the Giants did. But long story short, folks, the Giants were just outclassed in every aspect of the game. Coaching, offense, defense, special teams, you name it, they were outclassed. And I just want to go over a few numbers for you, individual Uh, numbers here the Giants rushing game 15 carries 66 yards but of those five carries 49 yards from Daniel Jones the Giants just cannot run the ball and you know everybody will say well the Giants didn't have Saquon Barkley well guess what folks they haven't been able to run the ball with Saquon Barkley in the lineup so this really isn't anything new that offensive line just not getting a push up front and and I just don't know or see it getting better. I mean, maybe you know if uh, Devonta Freeman gets more carries in the, in future weeks, it improves. I don't know, but uh, I do know this much: the Giants' running game is a big, big problem, and it's putting too much onus on the passing game. And speaking of the passing game, Daniel Jones, seventeen out of thirty-two for one hundred seventy-nine, one hundred seventy-nine yards, two sacks. One interception, you know, I I don't know what's going on with him, if he's just not comfortable in this offense or whatnot, but i watch him play and I see a guy who's very indecisive, almost playing like a rookie all over again. Like he's never done this before. Now, you know, you can say, well, he hasn't fully started a full 16 game season or a full 16 games for that matter. I think this was his 15th start in the NFL. I'm sorry, folks, at this point, you know, it's his second season. He's been here before. He, You know, he should know what to do. And yet, I still see instances where he's holding on to that ball too long. I see instances where, you know, he should audible out of a play, where the protection call that is made just isn't the right one. Just a lot of mistakes for a second-year quarterback. And again, I know it is a new offense. But the Giants just can't have this. I mean, you know, they've got to make progress. And when you see Jones trying to force a ball into a tight window, or when you see him staring down a receiver like he did on his his interception this week, these are all things that you just don't want to see from a quarterback. And, you know, I'm not ready to, to give up on the guy yet. I think there's a lot of redeeming qualities about him. But my gosh, he's got to play better it's that simple and I, I think i don't think there's a person out there who will disagree with me on that so all right folks you are listening to locked on giants with patricia traena we are going to take our first break when we come back we're going to talk more about the giants disappointing loss to the san francisco 49ers b team so stay with us it doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete a stay-at-home parent or if you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs the support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with an inflammation fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters the most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBD MD has to offer, they're offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code locked on NFL at checkout. Once again, that's cbdmd.com, promo code NFL for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. Hey, Giant fans. This is Patricia Trena, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. And I want to tell you about my debut book. It's called The Big 50, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants, And I've sought to create a living history of the top men and moments that have made one of the NFL's charter franchises what it is today. Relive the franchise's four Super Bowls. Find out what convinced former general manager Ernie Accorsi that quarterback Eli Manning was indeed the one. Learn about the events that brought the Tisch family into the Giants' ownership lore, And so much more. This 368-page paperback book includes loads of photos, and stories of some of the greatest giants in history as told in their own words. The Big 50, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants, will be available starting September 8th, 2020, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever else books are sold. So pre-order your copy today. And thank you for your support. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked on Giants. Patricia Traynor here with you, and we are... Sadly, recapping, the Giants lost 36-9 to the San Francisco 49ers. A very ugly game. And, you know, um, I'll tell you what, I I look at the stats and I see things repeating week after week after week. You know, we talked in, in the first segment about the turnovers. We talked about the lack of a running game. Another thing we have to talk about in this segment is the Giants on third down. And I'm talking both the offense and the defense. Third down efficiency has been horrendous this season. Absolutely horrendous. This week, the Giants defense allowed the 49ers to convert 67% of their third down attempts. That's 8 of 12 you cannot have that and expect to win. It just doesn't work that way. And yet the Giants defense could not get off the field. There was one play in particular, a big backbreaker, and that was the um, the illegal use of hands called against Darnay Holmes on a third and 22. My gosh, how do you allow that to happen? I mean, I, I just don't get that. You know, and then on the flip side, the Giants offense, four of 10 which is 40%. It sounds good, but, you know, basically it's not. You're talking 29 first downs for the 49ers, 13 for the Giants. And the Giants only got, uh, let's see, three by rushing, eight by passing, two by penalty. The 49ers, seven by rushing, 19 by passing, and three by penalty. So, I mean, just a huge, huge discrepancy right there that just really, I I just don't know what the answer is. I mean, it's a case of which came first, the chicken or the egg. You know, do you say, well, it's the Giants' offense fault because they can't sustain drives? Or do you say it's the defense's fault because you say they can't get off the field? I think it's a combination of the two, but, you know, either way, whatever it is, they've got to find an answer to it. And as a result, by the way, the Giants badly, and I mean badly, lost the time of possession battle. The 49ers had the ball for nearly 40 minutes, actually 39-44 to be precise. The Giants 20 minutes, 16 seconds. If you thought the Giants defense looked gassed at the end of the game, they probably were gassed because they were just out there basically with their tongues hanging out. And that's another thing you just can't have. And I don't think the Giants have won the the, the uh, time of possession. Oh gosh, if I had to take a guess, I'd have to go back to last year when they last won the time of possession. I know it wasn't a frequent occurrence last year, and it is off to th- they're off to the same start this year in which they have not been able to get the gain the upper hand. So something's got to give folks. I mean. Eh. You're not going to win if you don't have the ball. It's just that simple. They're not good enough to overcome their mistakes. And, you know, speaking of of having the ball, this has really kind of surprised me because I really thought the Giants' special teams would be a lot better than this. The Giants have yet to win the starting field position battle. All right. So according to the game book, the 49ers' average starting field position was their thirty six, the Giants? They're twenty five. Again, that is a big, big discrepancy. And I'll tell you what, folks, they the Giants had Corey Valentine returning kickoffs um, this year or this week rather. And just looking real quick at what he did, Valentine three returns, fifty two yards. That's an average of seventeen point three yards per return. Now, when you consider that the kickoffs basically go either to the goal line or into the end zone, if you as a returner are not getting out to at least the 25-yard line, that is a problem. That's a big problem. And not for nothing, you know, you can't blame it all on Valentine, and I'm not doing that. But, you know, I just thought that they would be a heck of a lot better than what they are. Or what they've shown on special teams so far. I mean, I think really the only positive uh, players right now on special teams have been kicker Graham Gano and the punter Riley Dixon. And you know that's not really saying much if you think about it. So that is a problem. Um, so we'll see on on that as well. But but clearly, you know, it's not just the offense. It's not just the defense. All three phases of the ball right now are just not clicking, not coming together, and this is a concern, folks. Speaking of concerns, just real quick, I want to mention an injury update. Jabril Peppers, who plays uh, special teams as a punt returner, he's also on several other special teams. He also is, of course, starting safety. He suffered an ankle injury on special teams. Now I know I have said in the past, and I and I will maintain this, that an injury is going to strike wherever. That it doesn't matter if you're you're you know you're a starter playing on special teams or or if you're just playing on defense or offense wherever it is you normally play. Still, just you know I'm, I'm fascinated by the amount of injuries this team seems to have, and it's just very disheartening to be honest with you. Um, We don't know how long if, you know, Jabril Peppers might be out, if he's going to be out at all. But certainly that was the last thing this team needed was to have another injury to a critical starter. So we'll see what comes of that. All right, folks, I want you to stay tuned because in the next segment, I am going to go there. I am going to talk about general manager Dave Gettleman, and I'm going to just bear what I feel about the job he has done so far. So stay with us. Have you tried the all-new and improved Bilt Bar? If not, you're missing out on one of the industry's healthiest and tastiest snack treats that's loaded with protein and low on sugar. With 18 different flavors, including nut and non-nut variety, you'll enjoy healthy snacks covered in 100% chocolate that's soft and easy to chew and, most importantly, great for the health-conscious. Built Bars are great for folks on the keto diet and include protein and fiber nutrients you need without the exorbitant calories. And use the code LOCKEDON at checkout to save $10 off your next purchase. Visit BuiltBar.com to check out their amazing offering of flavors and put your customized box together. And don't forget, use the code LOCKEDON at checkout to save $10 off your order. That's BuiltBar.com. Welcome back, Giant fans, to segment three of Locked On Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you. And uh, I promised you in the last segment that I was going to go there. I was going to talk about Dave Gettleman. Now, those of you who read me, those of you who follow me, know that um, I try to see things both ways. and in, in other words, I try to look at both sides of the story before you know making any snap decisions. And, you know, I, I try not to form an opinion one way or another unless i have enough evidence to do so and when it came to dave gettleman or when it comes to dave gettleman one of the things i really wanted to take a look at is okay how's his management of the salary cap how are his drafts you know because i believe that the cap and the drafts just absolutely destroyed this team before gettleman came on board i also look at um you know free agent signings. You know what what prompts them. Um, wh- what kind of production is he getting out of out of things? You know out of players and whatnot. So there's a bunch of things I look at, and I can sit here and I can tell you that while I don't agree with everything Dave Gettleman has done, I see the reason behind it. Now some of the reasons behind what he has done don't necessarily make sense. And I'll give you a really good example. When they signed Jonathan Stewart to a contract, supposedly to be the mentor for, uh, Saquon Barkley. I thought that was kind of a head scratcher because Barkley came in and he was already wise beyond his years. So I'm not so sure he really needed that expensive of a mentor when Gettleman signed Patrick Omame, you know, to be an offensive lineman for the giants. Um, that was more of a character move as as opposed to you know I think any kind of talent because remember Omame had lost his starting job down in Jacksonville so I there are things that he's done you know the Nate Solder move um I won't I won't necessarily hang him for that because he, he really didn't have a choice there. You know, after the Giants coaches couldn't get the most out of Eric Flowers, who, by the way, is thriving down in Miami, which uh, just goes to show you just how badly the coaching ha- mishandled Flowers. Um, but anyway, after Flowers just busted for the Giants, Gettleman had to get a left tackle in here and he had to do so quickly. So he was forced to overspend. So I, I, I understand why he made that move. All right, so understanding and agreeing, two very different things. All right, now here's what I don't understand, and where I think I disagree with with what Dave has done. Number one, if you're going to build a team, you know you're going to bu- you need to build it from the outs from the inside out. So, by that I mean you start from the um, the pit. So the the offensive line, the defensive line, and then you work out to the skill position players. In retrospect, if you look at what Gettleman has done, he basically added a franchise running back and a franchise quarterback before really fixing that offensive line. I think he tried to fix that offensive line with band-aids. It didn't work. So now that offensive line is in a situation where they finally added some young talent. They finally added guys who could potentially, you know, be a part of that line for the long term. But here's the problem now that that has been created. The franchise running back is going to be going into his fourth year next year, assuming that he's recovered from his uh, torn ACL. The franchise quarterback, assuming he is your franchise quarterback, he's going into his third year next year. They still don't have, you know, a premier receiver. They still don't know what they have at tight end. You know, they have this this big, talented tight end who's really, you know, you can question whether or not he's a tight end, or wide receiver, but, you know, they haven't gotten the most out of him. They have a new offensive system. So basically – what the Giants have done is they've kind of speckled this whole thing. It, it hasn't been built cohesively. So it's kind of like, you know, if you were building a house, it's like putting up the frame before putting down the foundation. And I think that's one of the places where the Giants made a big mistake. On defense, all right, now I know people will... will look to hang Gettleman for, you know, the Leonard Williams trade, which I don't necessarily hang him for that. I don't like that he gave up the draft capital, especially when he probably could have gotten Williams, you know, on a contract. But, you know, that's that's water under the bridge. People will probably look to hang Gettleman for what happened at cornerback with DeAndre Baker, although I still say there was no way he could have known that DeAndre Baker might – run afoul of the law, allegedly. Um, he, there was no way he would know that uh, COVID would come along and Sam Beal would opt out. So I don't fault him for that. I do, however, you know, look, roster building, I get it. It's it's a 24-7 uh, type of proposition, and it runs all year long. But not having, you know, not getting the deal done with Ross Cockrell, for example, and I know it takes two sides to get a deal done, but they just—I I don't know who didn't give in or what happened there—but not getting that deal done was very disappointing, and it's hurt. The inside linebacker position, you know, you have Devontae Downs, who has struggled after replacing Ryan Connolly as as one of the starters. Um, alongside of Blake Martinez, that's a problem. Okay, um, especially when you have these three linebackers and four, if you if you count, you know, Carter Coughlin who's being converted inside, and it's just not taking root. And I think the problem here is that you know you have a bunch of different spots on this team that are at different stages, and there's just no cohesiveness, and it just becomes a vicious cycle. You just wonder. It's like Okay, you finally fixed, for example, the running back situation, and now you've got to adjust the offensive line. And then by the time you get the offensive line set up, oh, guess what? Now the running back situation needs to be fixed. So it's just been a mess. There's been no cohesiveness. And I don't know. I I just, I don't know if this roster is just built yet the way they need it to be. I thought it was. I thought it was upgraded. I've liked the drafts that Gettleman has done. But I just don't know that they're getting enough out of these guys, you know, especially this year's class. I mean, you look at the inactive list, which is, you know, has what, three, four guys from the draft class that are inactive. It's like, why did you take all these guys to develop them? And then where are you going to put them? So I just don't get it. Now, a lot of people say, well, Dave Gettleman should be fired. He should be fired right away. I don't know necessarily that he's going to get fired in season. It doesn't have to happen often. As a matter of fact, Jerry Reese being fired before the season ended a few years ago, that was the first time in Giants franchise history that a general manager was fired uh, from his job. Um, Here's the other problem. Dave Gettleman has already committed two of his seven draft picks in next year's draft, a fifth rounder and a seventh rounder, two other teams. The Giants are unlikely to get supplemental picks, all right, because of their free agent gains and losses from this year. So the Giants are basically going to be left with five picks unless, you know, they make a trade with um, someone They you know, like, let's say, for example, they trade Marcus Golden because, you know, they – by mid year, and they they pick up an extra, I don't know, third or fourth rounder. But anyway, you know, people are calling for Dave Edelman to be fired. I mean, I just don't know that that's going to happen because you know, if your ownership would you basically welcome in a new GM at this point who only has five draft picks, who's dealing with a who, who's potentially facing a salary cap situation. That is going to drop next year because of COVID. I I, I just don't know, folks, that that's going to happen. Now, to be clear, I'm saying I'm not, that I don't know if it's going to happen. I'm not giving saying that it should happen. It shouldn't happen. I'm looking at it objectively. All right, Gettleman hasn't been perfect. I think we can all agree on that. But I just have a feeling that he's going to get a pass. And I know that's not what a lot of you want to hear, um, but I think that's what's what's going to happen. I, I do think Gettleman, um, if you're talking about the long term, you know, he, he's he's approaching 70, I think. I think he's 69 now. He'll be 70 on his next birthday. I don't see him as the GM for the next 10 years. I think he probably has a, a point in his mind when he's going to try and get out on his own, you know, his own doing. I don't know when that is, but I do know that I I would be stunned if um, the Giants fire him mid year. And uh, I'd be equally stunned if he's not back next year. I know that's not what y'all want to hear, but again, I'm trying to look at, look at it, you know, all the pieces of the puzzle. I'm trying to look at it objectively. I get it. The losing sucks. I hate it too. Trust me, I I, I hate doing shows like this where I have to come on and and, and recap, basically, garbage that I sat and watched for three, four hours, you know, the day before. But that's where I see it going. And, um, you know, I don't know what else to say, guys. I really don't. Uh, I wish I had words to tell you that, oh, it's going to get better. I don't know if it is or not. I'd like to think it is, but... You know, because I'm an optimist, but we'll have to see. So, all right, Jay fans, that'll do it for this very solemn show. Um, Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for sticking with me and listening. And uh, make sure you keep it here all week long. We'll have more shows and more analysis and just try to get through the week as best as we can. So that's all you can really hope for. So until then, have a great one.